Hello and welcome to Surviving the Apocalypse, the Nerds Way. My name's John. And I'm Adam. Really? No, no. Uh, <laughs> my name is, uh, let's go with Ruffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> Did you play Hulk in the Avengers? Yeah. Yeah. And I love to spoil the, uh, the Marvel movies for everyone else. <laughs> everyone dies in the end. That's basically it. That actually could be a spoiler. I don't know. Uh-huh. So welcome uh, to an, another episode of Surviving the Apocalypse, The Nerd's Way. Um, if you're joining us uh, locally here in the wonderful state of Western Australia, all hail Emperor McGowan. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Emperor. Or, or He's overseas. upgraded. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, who needs a premier when you need the emperor? Um, and yeah, so welcome and I hope you enjoy your time with us. Uh, we've got some fun things to talk about today, uh, some not so much fun things, and then just some medium level things because we like to balance things out. Just like a excellent playlist that has rises and falls, you need a podcast that has interesting topics and then boring topics where you can just zone out and it doesn't matter. And I will warn you, John, this is going to be on the fly for you, so you're going to love this. Uh, when we get to a boring topic, I'm going to have flashing text on the screen saying, boring and a loud klaxon um just so you know it's more i'm kidding that's gonna take me a while to set up i don't know about that um so yeah uh this is gonna be a fun session so hopefully you'll stick around and listen to us two nerds talk about whatever nonsense we're gonna talk about so uh, let's do this and oh wait we do actually have a thing oh we that. do have that Incredible. Oh, we're just professionals. So, uh, I had, so this is late news, obviously, folks. Um, we were going to talk about this last episode, but we ran over talking about just all other nonsense. Um, so, just a quick little thing. If you've been living under a rock um, <laughs> and you're a gamer uh, or interested in business, I mean, come on. But anyway, uh, so recently, uh, and by recently, I mean probably two months ago. Uh, so Microsoft has uh, bought Activision, uh, the gaming company, Activision Blizzard, uh, for $68.7 billion. So I think that's in Australian, so you can do your own conversions there. Oh my but word. That is a horrifying amount of money. So Microsoft is just buying up everything, like other game studios, and I don't... It's kind of weird, right? Because, like, I don't believe they're making any more consoles. So, like, Xbox, what are we up to? One? Is that the latest one? Xbox One? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wait, no, there's another one, the Series S or something like that. Uh, Series X. I've heard that is their last one. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. What? Why? What? Why? What? 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 Yeah. Um, So, that is, like, I don't... Like, they're buying up all this stuff. Like, leaving Bungie... Sorry, leaving Sony with, like, nothing. But uh, they like they're just buying up all these interesting little tidbits, and by little I mean Activision for sixty-eight billion dollars, <laughs> um, just cheap change. But Sony has bought Bungie for three point six billion dollars. Now, what's interesting is Bungie used to be under yeah, Microsoft. That's right. They used to make like uh, Halo. Halo, and- yeah. And that was an Xbox exclusive. Man, everything's changing. It's crazy. So just a little bit of fun there for you. So, you know, in I'm sure when you boot up 
any type of Blizzard game now, there's going to be the Windows logo there for you. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Sorry, 68.7 billion, not million, billion. billion. right? I'm sure oh. it set some type of record for buyout or whatever, like for gaming companies probably. But it's like legitimately insane, like for that amount of money. So, what, uh, John, type in what... Uh, can you buy for $68 billion? Um, so I'm assuming like an island. I'm sure there are countries out there that have like less GDP than that. Uh, it's just, it's crazy. Like it's insane. $68 billion is an incomprehensible amount of money for me, a lowly peasant. Um, but it's just weird. So yeah, but, and then obviously like the competition between like Sony and Microsoft in terms of gaming is uh, well established, mm. but it's just insane. And I am curious to see what happens because okay. of this. The only thing I care about though, is will you be able to play as Clippy in heroes of newer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, yeah, yeah. They're going <laughs> to, they're going to make cross play for, like all the Microsoft games. So while you're playing Microsoft Solitaire, you're going to be able to do a raid in World of Warcraft as well. Um, <laughs> that's just how it's going to be. I'm positive. Um, Clippy is a supported character. What? Nah, this can't be real. Oh, it's just a joke. Someone's oh, put okay. a picture <laughs> so of Clippy. So in, in Blizzard's game called Heroes of the Storm, someone's put a- uh, Oh, Heroes of the Storm. What's Heroes of New- I'm confusing it with some other game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So Heroes of the Storm is like a Blizzard's- So it's funny. So like, uh, you know, like Dota and League of Legends, that yeah. was built in Warcraft 3. So, yes, that's right. And now Blizzard had to make their own game that was that. And then everyone's like, oh, they're stealing the idea. But actually, all the others came out of yeah, Warcraft. Blizzard even tried to sue. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, well, it was built in our engine and everything. But I'm yeah, pretty true. certain nothing happened because of that. Oh, okay. A wider angle. Just yeah. need to get that if you, wonderful side. Yes. If you follow us on our Facebook page or YouTube or something, you can watch us in three dimensions. Actually, it's still three, three dimensions. dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> you can reach through and touch me. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, all right. I have nothing more to say on that. When I have $68 billion lying around, then I would be able to tell you what, how many Teslas that would you buy You and your Teslas, honestly. I mean, if you want a car that just does not. Oh, I'm just kidding. Teslas are cool. <laughs> I mean, when we drove in one, that was pretty fun. You're supposed to talk talking. <laughs> All right, transition again. Right, we're going to do this again. Ready? <laughs> there we go. Much better. Okay. So, the next thing that you've put on the list of things to talk about today is um, actually a very gritty, dark show that a lot of people would be scared to watch because of how intense the content of this show is. Like, it truly is on another level. Uh, like do you want to tell us about this show? Okay. So... It's a dun it's a Dungeons and Dragons thing. What am I talking about? <laughs> so it is a it's a reality TV show. Okay, so this reality Ooh, TV it sounds show, scary. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, it's cutthroat. It is like high pressure intensity. Now I usually loathe reality TV shows, but for this I made an exception for two reasons. My wife loves it. <laughs> um, and the presenter is amazing. And this is Lego Masters, okay? So, Lego Masters is an amazing 
reality show. Like, they will legitimately just make fun of themselves and use other, like, stereotypical tropes of reality TV shows, like terrible cliffhangers before an ad break and stuff like that. Ah, uh, yes, uh, that's just, right. Uh, I love it so much. Like, we love Lego Masters so much that during our honeymoon, oh, no we were watching Lego Masters. <laughs> no because, like, we would not miss an episode. We were just like, we are watching this live. Um, wow. And, uh, legitimately amazing. So, uh, season three is about to come out. Uh, there is, like, a little... Uh, clip or preview of it online which you can type in and check out and it's like an indiana jones style uh theme and it is just hilarious you should definitely check it out and i would love to hear your opinion what what would be your greatest lego build like is in what's the greatest thing you've ever built in lego john or to be honest, I'm I'm not even 100% sure. So, the greatest thing that I've ever built in Lego, I'd say like it's not even a big thing. It's like a, a highly detailed thing. I made this ship that was all white colors and smooth curves and stuff. And it's actually hard in Lego if you don't know to make those nice smooth curves. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything massive that I made. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, spaceships, that kind of thing, you know, complicated devices. I also used to program this thing called uh, Spybotics, which is a bit of Mindstorms, which is like the programmable Lego that you can get it to drive around and touch things and pick things up. Sounds like Minecraft. Minecraft. Well, well it's in real mine- life. You can program things oh, and the Lego moves in real life. Okay. Uh, and That's it has cool. to go through certain obstacles and games and stuff. It was really cool. It's yeah, ahead of its time. I have been thoroughly... Sorry, the most complicated thing I've ever built in Lego. Because I did not have a lot of Lego growing up. Uh, much to my dismay. But the greatest Lego thing I have ever built was last Christmas when we did the... Uh, uh, our Lego Secret Santa as a family. Oh, no way. Yeah, so mine was like... Um, Oh, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. No, sorry, that's a lie. Um, oh no, what's the um? There's Daffy Duck. What's his? Or is it Donald Duck? The counterpart. So there's a female counterpart to either one. I can't remember to be on Daphne Duck. Daphne Duck. I don't know. But so I built those. Those were fun, and when those were on display in the home because I was incredibly proud of them. They're not overly complicated to be, to mind you. But it was super fun. Um, and I think what we need. Whoa. It's a dialect coming to kill us. But what I scary. (laughs) I think what we need to do, John, is do a time-lapsed video of like a Death Star or a Star Destroyer, a Star Destroyer or something, or some type of not not complicated build. And those are complicated. But we could do a time-lapse of that and see how we absolutely mangle it and how long it will take us. Because I guarantee you, it's going to be a long, long time. Um. Oh, man, imagine making a Star Destroyer or a Death Star. It would be so good. But they are like, they are quite expensive. And, you know, the vast sums of money we get from this podcast, you know, they go towards us buying an island. So, yeah, no Lego left, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. No, unfortunately not. So, yeah, let us know what your most complicated build is or what, what would be your favorite memory of Lego, essentially. I personally love... Uh, when I was younger and I would go over my friend's place, like I'm talking like toddlerish, go over my friend's place and we would play with Lego. That was fun. But other than that, that's about it. 
What would be your favorite memory of Lego John? Yeah, on the spot. Quickly, uh, tell me now. Pressure, high intensity pressure, John. <laughs> this is like Lego Masters. Tell us what's going on in your mind right now. I I reckon just, yeah, the f- spending time with family and inventing little stories and that kind of thing. Or like, I would, I used to love this game called um, Age of Empires. And I think after a certain nice. point, we weren't allowed to play it anymore. Like, if you played it for too long and I'd be like, oh, I still want to keep playing it. Um, and so what I would do is I would build the little armies out of Age of Empires in Lego and then <laughs> move so them good. around. That's awesome. Oh, so yeah. good. That's great. So basically it becomes anything you could ever dream of, including a computer game. Well, it promotes creativity as well. It's a great um, like method to build the type of creativity in kids, I think. Huh. Um, and that's something I now need to be aware of. Um, so that's going to be super fun. And I look forward to Lego Master Season 3 to see the high-intensity drama that comes from building Lego. Dun, um, dun, dun. So looking forward to that. Okay, so next on the agenda to talk about today, and I sound like I'm in a work meeting, which is... <laughs> You've not been on too many Zoom meetings, man. You've been locked uh, guys, too much. Have you received my email with the agenda for today? We yeah. need to talk about these three important topics. Uh, our metrics are down for this week. <laughs> yeah, we haven't released enough episodes. <laughs> oh, that is actually true. I should. <laughs> um, John's always emailing me about this, but I just uh, straight into the bin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> just straight into the bin. But yes, something that we need to talk about today is... Uh, like, you know, when when this sort of pandemic started, I was like, before our podcast was about how to survive an apocalypse that's coming one day. And then our podcast sort of made this transition into being surviving the apocalypse that is already happening. And it's gotten worse. Um, I probably don't need to tell anyone, but there's some... Uh, Tensions? What, what was that? Tensions. Tensions. Yeah. Well, that to say the least, invasions going on. So, um, involving uh, powers with, you know, weapons of mass destruction or nuclear. So, I guess, what can I say? I, I guess we all need to start getting ready for- Nuclear winter. <laughs> nuclear winter. So- we- there was a card game called Nuclear Winter. I wonder if we too, should yeah. start playing with that and see if we can increase our survival ones. We have spoken about that on the podcast before. Good game. In an old-timey episode, I believe. So, how do you feel, Adam? Are you stocking up on lead sheets to put around your house for the coming <sighs> fallout of radiation? Or what, what, are you, what are your recommendations for all of us? Okay. So, the fun part about- Wrong this, answers right? only. Wrong answers <laughs> fun. only. So, I would like everybody to start bathing in uranium-enriched water just to really just say stick it to- the uh, uh, to the other government just to really say, "Ha, oh, you can't give me radiation poisoning. I've given it to myself." Um, there's no downside to that at all. Um, so, but actually, I oh, well, and there's a bit of craziness going on here. There we go. Um, the I would say, uh, where depending on like I can't speak for people in Europe, of course, because it's much different to us in Australia. Um, yeah, true. So. There are things called, everyone's going on about like nuclear escalation, which is a possibility. Who knows with what's going on? So we've been dancing around the topic, but we haven't outright said it. Uh, Russia has recently invaded Ukraine, um, which has caused a whole bunch of 
fun in Europe, uh, there is chaos, essentially. So there is a, a superpower attacking us. Well, kind of a superpower, a mini superpower um, attacking a neighbor, which is never good news. And it's funny because they were like on the border for like four weeks, three weeks or something like that with like 140,000, 130,000 soldiers, tanks, all that type of stuff. And they were like, oh, no, we're not going to invade. We're just doing, you know, uh, army drills. And then, of course, the next thing they've invaded. Um, so that is horrifying, to say the least. Yep. Uh, I, you know, this is why I love being in Australia, because it would take an insane amount of effort, manpower, treasure to invade Australia, because... We're an island. So, you know, it's not that easy. Sure, you could land people here, but you can't do it in mass. Not easily anyways. When you say invade, though, I'm not imagining an invasion. I'm just imagining one day it's, I want to say, one o'clock in the morning. And then we're like, wait, what? What? And you look outside and the sun's up. But you realize it's not the sun. It's a nuclear explosion. Mm. (laughs) And then you get to experience afterlife. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Is that too dark for Not the podcast? Dark, no, no, we've said much darker. Than that. <laughs> the, so I don't think we, uh, I don't think Australia has much to worry about a nuclear strike from Russia. I don't think. Don't quote me on that because if something terrible happens and someone comes says, but you said, who so knows? So always bet on the nuclear explosion not happening because if it does, no one will be around to tell you that it didn't have that it that it that it did. did I yeah. crossed myself over, but anyway. So I don't think we'd have to worry too much, but there are these things called tactical new head, uh, tactical nuclear warheads, right? So they're like low yield, so they're more used for like targeted assault so they don't leave huge amounts of fallout. Oh, okay. So they're like to take out airports or important infrastructure. So if nuclear war is going to happen, I'd say that is where it's going to come from. I really hope the train station a couple of Ks isn't an important strategic target. I'm not even going to say the name now, just in case. (laughs) Yeah, they're um, listening, Adam. They're always (laughs) listening. (laughs) Um, But you never know. But yeah, if it's crazy. Like, why are we still using nuclear-powered weaponry? It's a terrifying prospect. Um, so, I my heart goes out to the people of Ukraine and Eastern Europe and all the surrounding countries in there. I just hope against hope that things don't escalate to a point of nuclear Armageddon. Um, there was it- also a um, something that I read, which I found I, I thought was good, which is also. To to, to to sort of leave a part of your brain <laughs> to be sympathetic to the people of Russia as well because it's oh, not yeah. their choice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the most of them. Like there's people protesting in the streets, but they have like Russia has anti-protest laws. Yeah, so you can't they get protest. Mm. Like there's a I saw a TikTok or an Instagram reel or something I don't know where it was like, watch me get arrested for saying two words, and they said it, and then literally. They're dragged away. Wait, what were the words? I have no idea. I oh, speak okay. Russian. Right. Um, It'd be in Russian. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Don't fight. I don't know. Don't invade. So, but it was just like instantaneous. And so, like the people of Russia, I am terribly sorry because their economy has just tanked. Like their, their currency, the ruble is worth less or equivalent of one cent US. Yeah, because everyone's sort of like stopping trades. Uh, which I guess you can understand, but it obviously it is still impacting real human beings who didn't ever decide to do anything. 
But, you know, that's just the consequences of making that decision and, yeah, politics, man. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen, honestly. It's time for the robots to take over. And actually, as an aside, and it kind of relates to this, oh, I watched a, a really good a John video. tangent. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my name's Adam and I'm going to go on a tangent. <laughs> so, I watched, this, I watched this video, which I found interesting on the idea of artificial intelligence. And I think a lot of us already know this concept of, um, you know, r robots getting smarter and smarter and then they take over the world and then possibly the Matrix or Terminator happens or a combination of both. Um, so, the reason I bring this up is because this video also had a second possibility, which is what if us being evil and wanting to take things over, what if that's part of being a human and not part of being a machine? So, when the quote-unquote robots take over, mm -hmm. um, they actually end up better than us and they fix us. They're like, oh, hang on, you don't need to launch that nuclear missile. Like, here we go. We can just put you on a direct Skype call with this person. You can meet their family and decide not to blow them up. Ah, I see. So, the robots could actually be good for us and stop us from going crazy. Well, I mean, we're just going to... Let them take over, essentially, and let them run out. We already do that anyways, let's face it. Um, yeah, right. That's interesting. I uh, I don't know how I feel about letting a machine run most of that stuff, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Especially, like, <laughs> letting them control all that. Um, right. So, I, I keep your um, thoughts, I suppose, and prayers on de-escalation, de essentially. I am not really for a uh, war in Europe. Uh, there is a whole bunch of weird stuff going down at the moment. Contrary to popular I am belief. tired of living through once-in-a-generational effects, John. All right. We've had two this generation. It's not fair. Oh, we've had, like, housing crisis, financial <sighs> crisis, um, COVID, a pandemic, weather, climate change. Now we've got, like, a full-blown war going on. I mean, goodness gracious. Whew. Well, it's time for us all to bail out and live in the middle of Australia. Yeah, it's only a little bit hot. Only just a bit. Marginally. Marginally, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's just hope that we are not going to uh, start nuking each other. Because once that starts, that's the end. Um, John. So, uh, we were sort of on the lookout of topics to talk about today. And would you believe it? I went on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. And Twitter says that Instagram is down. Oh, So, I want to investigate. Goodness. If I go to Instagram.com right now, guess what? It's loading. It's loading. So, Twitter has lied to us. Twitter has saying. lied to us. If you can't trust the internet where literally anyone could say anything, who can you trust, Adam? Who can you trust? Well. But I wanted to talk about mm -hmm. the idea of social media and, Ooh. you know, extending from, um, you know, possible nuclear explosions, world ending Events. stuff mm -hmm. that we talked about last time. If you've ever played the game Call of Duty 2, actually, have you ever played the game Call of Duty 2? No. Uh, oh, sorry. I lied. So, I think like Modern Warfare 2. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Not Call of Duty 2, which I have also played and is a great game. Modern Warfare 2. Have you ever played that? I'm pretty certain that call of duty it is call of duty call of duty modern warfare 2 yes that's right yeah um we used to play that at the local computer lab oh yeah uh, it was called the island um 
over in New South Wales where I grew up. Wow. And so we'd go there and they'd have like 24-hour events. But is that the original Call of Duty 2 or Modern Warfare? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? Call Modern Warfare 2, I think. <laughs> Man, they need to come up with better naming conventions. <laughs> okay, Modern Warfare 2. Because mm-hmm. the reason I bring it up is because there's one level, if you remember it, um, you always have these g- guns in the game because, you know, it's a shooting like game. And you have these sights on it so you can look down and you can see a little red mm-hmm. dot where you're going to shoot. And what happens in the game at one point is an EMP is set off, I believe, in the middle of uh, Washington Capitol or something like that. And all the electronics go out in the entire game, including your own oh, like, sights, yep. which I found is a nice little um, uh, detail. But anyway, so what happens if you don't know when a nuclear warhead explodes? It lets off this thing called an EMP or an electromagnetic pulse. And we've talked about it before. It's similar to the coronal mass ejection. Mm-hmm. Not corona, coronal. Um, <laughs> the su- John, the, the sun, sun has, has given us corona. <laughs> ah! uh, we've talked about that before where basically it, uh, it sort of stimulates with magnetism all of the electrical things that we have and they blow them up. Magic. And gotcha. our show science consultant, I'm sure, will tell us how I got that wrong it's all sorry. soon. But that's the layman's explanation of what I understand. Mm-hmm. So the EMP does the same thing where electric, electric devices will end up frying themselves. Mm. And that's very possible. Even if you're outside of the blast radius in terms of like radiation and explosions and shockwave and all that, you might still be in the EMP radius and you'll find all your electronics is gone. Unless you happen to have some in a lead box. Which, uh, what, a Faraday box? A Faraday cage, maybe. That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, get your Faraday cages ready. But what I wanted to bring up is the idea that, you know, um, we're so reliant. Well, I don't want to say reliant, but we're so used to just everything being available all the time. And something is easy to forget is social media is going to be gone. You know, uh, Google is going to be gone. Uh, what other useful things are on the internet? I don't want to say Facebook. Banking. Sorry, Zuckerberg. Yeah, banking. You won't have access to your funds. Um, and even contacting people who you normally talk to all the time, how are you going to do it? You're, what, you're going to send them a letter? Because <laughs> you won't be able to phone hey, them. I, I will happily become a <laughs> cross-country mailman on a horse in the <laughs> yeah. Middle West just going like, yeehaw. This yep. would make a great Netflix series. We could call it oh. The Postman. The Postman, yeah. And it can be a dark, gritty horror yeah. where he's, it's like The Witcher essentially, except it's just like, it's not a hero. It's just a postman who's a coward and needs to hide and or make it, his way all the way He's not across. even a coward. He's just, he's just so used to doing his job. He wakes up and does his job. What if zombie a, apocalypse is happening, but he, he just keeps gets doing it. it. It's the US Postal Service, man. So, something we've got to remember like you and i i think at the moment i am still in your apocalypse crew just like by the skin of my teeth wink wink (laughs) um so like we can't just go oh you know what like i'll ring adam when things start going down and like figure out where to meet him we've actually got to decide what suburb what street like how many hours we're gonna wait like all those kinds of things so that we can mm-hmm. get in contact. Cause if the phone lines are down, internet's down, like what am I going to send up a signal flare and then looters will come? Well, the black, the, the, the black man. Yes. I want the black man signal. Um, oh, the Batman, the yes. bat signal. We'll just put the, back, the bat signal up. Um, <laughs> but you know, or the black man just, signal. That's fine. Um, Someone who really likes uh, bacon, lettuce, and avocado <laughs> tomato sandwiches. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, I, I'm that's, my, that's my type of superhero. 
I'm black man here. Here's your lunch. Um, or brunch. You merely adopted. <laughs> Wait, no, that's the wrong voice. <laughs> you merely adopted the avocado. I was born in it. Molded by it. That's why I'm sticky. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's his superpower. Um, <laughs> Black man. We need to start a, new a comic net- strip. We yeah, got a comic yep. So yeah, but I get what you're picking. I'm picking up what you're putting down in that the <laughs> you need to have plans in place that yeah. take uh, electronics out of the equation. So like the mm. whole sphere of electronics needs to. Uh, kind of be out of that because eventually all that is going to break down right so like you're not going to have your mobile phones or anything like that and of course this is worst case scenario but you it always bears thinking about which i'm sure everybody is nowadays um and i mean it's proof right look at what's happening worldwide in regards to panic buying so at the beginning of COVID, you had people buying vast amounts of toilet paper and flour and non-perishable items because they were convinced that this is going to be the end of the world and they're not going to be able to make their Sunday pancakes. So they brought up as much as they could. And unfortunately, vulnerable people were not able to buy stuff. Like, I am devastated still. There was an image of a guy who was there, like an older gentleman, who was wanting to buy toilet paper and people were rushing past him, grabbing all the stuff, and there was nothing left. And the guy was just obviously dismayed by this and that still crushes me to this day like you know that's two years ago but it's still making me very very angry yeah so much of what went on there was really sad so i I mean we should probably address where where a light-hearted show about surviving the apocalypse we don't promote uh you know going out and panic buying or anything absolutely not um obviously you're within your full rights um i think i might have mentioned it before but the i am on the reddit doomsday prepping subreddit And they Mm -hmm. were like, when coronavirus started, they're like, if you want to stock up now, it's too late. What we all did is we bought just one extra thing a week. Every now and then. For ages. And now they have a huge stock. So that way you're not impacting other people. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, humans are social. You want to look after everyone. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't get too serious on the show. But, you know, like. It's interesting. If you were the sole survivor because you stole all the food off everyone else. Go you, you but like, what are you going to do? You don't have, you have all no the friends. skills to rebuild oh, yeah, society. <laughs> like you don't, like, let's say you are just out of, I don't know. Let's say you're a billionaire, right? Uh, let's eat all the billionaires to begin with. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, let's say you're a billionaire and you have, you're in your little bunker and you're there alone. And then you appear out of your bunker and you're just like, yes, I can start this. I can start, restart society. And you're a finance person. How are you <laughs> going to learn how to grow crops or fix an engine or throw something into the sun with all the fury that you have? But, you know, um, you, uh, we are built as a um, community, essentially. We need each other. We do. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I, I think you sh- you touched on something really interesting earlier as well, which was um, the idea of like, why are we interested? Why bother planning for, you know, an EMP blast or something like that? And f- for me, I find it fun and exciting because, yeah, you know, life, life is full of just the same thing every day. So the idea of everything getting thrown out of kilter, um, as Patrick Rothfuss says, you know, you never having to do email again is a... <laughs> enough to make the zombies <laughs> worth it um but yeah why do we do it and the other thing is there's the psychology of if you write down the worst possible case and what you would do in the worst possible case usually it's not like apocalypse level it's like what if my boss 
hates me. <laughs> like yep. something a little bit more like that. Um, but if, if, even just considering that worst possible case, knowing you've got it covered and then moving on. Um, so whatever it is for you, probably not stockpiling, buying everything today. Uh, but if it's something for you like, oh, I would like to learn how to grow my own vegetables or something as a hobby. Yeah. Then that could be do. a fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That could be a fun way of, you know, helping you process what's going on in the world because crazy stuff is really going on in the world and giving you a new hobby, you know. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Try it. Try something new. So, in other words, as we were saying, so this has been a longer segment. Instagram is down. Instagram wow, is really- down. But, so, here's the funny little fun little bit, right? So, Russia has taken down Instagram and they're building their own version of it. I can't recall the name. John, can you pick that up while I stall? Um, the So, they've basically decided that it's a, a terroristic environment. Um, and it, uh, like they ruled it as extremist essentially, and they're building their own one. Uh, and I can't remember what it's called. Like it was, um, uh, like it's got literally the name Graham in it. Um, Bozgram perhaps or Bazgram. Um, I, I can't remember. Wait, don't scroll down, John. No, Razgram. Razgram, maybe? Razgram? I don't know. Uh, no, scroll to the bottom there. Sorry, I'm sure this is very exciting. Something. Uh, uh, I thought I saw something, but I did not. But anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, it just goes to show the extent of I how isolated they're becoming, and I am sorry for them. <laughs> this might be a weird thing, but I'm looking forward to the day we ban an app in Australia. Because I can quickly try to build the cheapest, scrappiest Uh, version of the app, put it up and say, everyone, look, I've made TikTok or whatever gets banned. I'm just assuming it'll be TikTok. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) TikTok's going down here in Australia and we're going to replace it with TokTik. Boom. TokTik. All right. So next time you want to go on Instagram, grow vegetables instead. I think that was the moral of that segment. Yeah, let's just go with that. Okay, so we've talked enough about real apocalypses and stuff. I want to talk about what this podcast really is about, even though it has apocalypse in the title. It's about nerdy things. Yeah. And so I want to talk about... Wait, sorry, hold on. Lego Masters isn't nerdy? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I guess... You know what? Everything nerdy is popular and everything popular is nerdy and... It, it has broken We're the zeitgeist. We're in a cultural... Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't even... Cultural revolution. Say, say something like zeitgeist and you sound like a genius, so let's say that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about my favourite game of all time, sequel. <laughs> so, if you don't know, my favourite game of all time is a game called Braid. And looking at our history on the podcast, I've actually never mentioned it, which is quite surprising to me. It's essentially, uh, this is a game where you control the flow of time and you're this mm. little 2D character. And I'll have to go into it another game uh, another day because it is an absolute work of art and they're re-releasing it soon. So, I'm going to replay it. But uh, in the time since that game came out, I basically got a job, went to uni, got a girlfriend, married, a, had a child, blah, 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 blah. And I've just been too busy to play games. And a game by this creator, Jonathan Blow came out a long time ago called The Witness. And Mm -hmm. it's not exactly a sequel, like I said before. It's more like just the next game that he happened to make. Um, But I was like, I need to play it because Braid was so incredible. Anything this guy makes is going to easily be a great game, even if it's not as good as Braid. Right. And so I downloaded it when it went on sale on Steam a while ago. And then my computer started dying and 
it was this whole thing. I didn't have enough storage space to download it. Eventually, I got a new computer, thank goodness. Yes. And I could play this Best game feeling. properly. And it was not at all what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but, like, it's not at all like Braid. Um, but what can I say about the game? The... The art style is beautiful, and in fact, I've noticed all indie game developers now creating games with that exact art style. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really set a new bar for what's possible with without a studio. Mm -hmm. um, so to, I guess, yeah, when you arrive, you are this little robot type thing that's coming out of- Sounds like Wally. -E. <laughs> I'm already there. You've got me. <laughs> Uh, it's not like, well, you're like a, a bipedal robot, like just a human. <sighs> Actually, I don't even know for sure if you're a robot. I guess the shadow looked vaguely robotic, but maybe okay. you're a person. Don't know yet. Um, even though I'm quite far through the game. <laughs> um, I guess you are the witness. So I don't, I don't know. Anyway, all things being remain because I haven't gotten to the end. Um, but essentially you walk out of this tunnel and you find yourself in this half destroyed, beautiful paradise. It's like a paradise, but it's humans have built structures there and they've been destroyed and they're crumbling away and, and plants are growing on, on top of them. Right. And you have to sort of piece together these puzzles that sort of do things with the human structures and open doors and move platforms and all that kind of thing. And they're all... That when I say puzzles, I don't mean like on the theoretical sense, like, oh, I have to figure out what lever to pull or something. They're literally puzzles. Right. So there's a little, you'll be playing in this 3D game and then you walk up to a screen and it's a 2D puzzle. Right. Okay. And then they keep adding more and more rules to the, at first it just starts off as a simple maze and then there'll be like a dot and the dot means you have to do something. And then the smaller dot will mean you have to do something else. And then a different color means you have to do this. And then orange squares mean that. And you were never told anything during this entire game. You are just given a puzzle that has one more thing um, to learn. Okay. Every time the puzzle has one more thing to learn. And you have to infer what each things mean. Right. Okay. And in fact, I feel like I was wrong about one of them for ages, but I kept passing the puzzle thinking that that's what it was. And then I got to one that was different. I was like, oh, that's what that means. So it's a puzzle solving game. It really is. Okay, right so again. not what I was expecting. I was expecting a bit more of an action game mm -hmm. uh, coming from Braid. Although Braid's still a puzzle game, you're moving around in the world and you're tr trying to complete things. Whereas in this game, you've sort of got the world that you're looking at and then you've got all the puzzles. So I find it really interesting. Um, but then there's interactions between both as well. So they do variations on a theme and that kind of thing. So Hello, Callum. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, yeah, I, I do recommend the game. I'm not at the end yet. It is getting so difficult and I don't think it like gels with my brain. I'm not one of those people that sit down and go, ah, oh, this is exactly how you solve this every puzzle. I oftentimes spend ages and I'll get the notepad out and all colored pens to help me remember everything. So this is uh, The Witness, uh, a game that John is currently going through. Um, and what... So... Uh, the intensity of the puzzles, right? So I'm assuming that this is a... what? What's the age range for this, would you say? Oh, well, to be honest, like my daughter, she is three and she loves watching it and playing it with me. Like she will be like, oh, walk over there. Uh, she doesn't stay entertained for the whole time. So it's safe <laughs> for kids. But I'd say uh, like 
you know, you'd have to be comfortable with a first person walking around type of game to be able to play it. Okay, right here. So really, basically, anyone who's comfortable with those controls would enjoy it, I'd find. But yeah, don't expect a first-person shooter because it's definitely <laughs> not how you're just coming. You're how do you shoot? Puzzles. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I, like at the moment, right, so me, uh, sorry, my boss and I are having a competition every single day at work. And I'm sure many of you people are also doing this now. Uh, Wordle. So, oh no yeah yeah so that's my puzzle of the day essentially and if you <laughs> don't know what wordle is don't bother just stay away from it it will just drag you in and i don't know why it's just like it is an entertaining thing like it's a you have to solve a five letter puzzle like you have to guess what the um the five letter word is and it tracks it like your streaks and everything like that um and you have a uh, you have six guesses and you've got to get it in those six guesses. And it's great fun. I, I enjoy it. And you should definitely check that out. That's been my um, my puzzle game at the moment. But yeah, you should definitely give that a whirl. If, if you don't know, I actually, I guess I have shared my music and I've mentioned the short film on the podcast before. But my first ever a true hobby that I put a lot of effort into was game development. So I care a lot about how games are made, why people enjoy them, like the process of designing a game. Yeah. And I had recently, I was working on a game and I was trying to distill what I thought was important about a game. And I sort of listed connecting people, igniting imagination, being as easy as start to possible, allow playing in many different ways and giving a sense of achievement. So, analyzing Wordle as to why, because you just did ask the question, yeah. why is it yep. so uh, addicting or whatever you said, why do people get sucked in? So, the first thing is that it connects people and you might not realize this because it doesn't seem like it does, mm -hmm. but at the end of the game, it gives you a, a text that you can copy paste into your social media. And people do this, they copy paste their results and it has little green and yellow things to show oh, this is how I did. And that connects you because you're like, oh, I did better or I did worse. Oh, man, they really struggled, the but they got mm -hmm. there in the end. So um, the Ignite Imagination, I'd say it doesn't actually do that, but I suppose it does make you imagine possible words, but maybe it didn't fit that one mm -hmm. to, to a T. Be easy as start to possible. and uh, Be as easy as to start as possible. Um, and a lot of people find this weird about it. It's not an app. No. It's a website. And when was the last time you played a game on the website? I want to say 2006. <laughs> like seven. Three weeks ago, Jazz Ball. Jazz oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a, it's, yeah, anyway. Yep. It's mm -hmm. Well, maybe it'll come up on the next week's podcast. Ooh, could be. Um, it's a website. And the reason that's good is you don't actually have to go to the app Jazz, store and download sorry. it. Jazz Ball. Jazz Ball. Yeah. Okay. My apologies. Just had to clarify, but yep. Sorry. Um, so you just type in the address and you're playing it already. The game started. It's New York Times, I believe. Uh, they've bought it now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I knew it before it was not. <laughs> wow. Did you? Wow. I could literally Flexing. feel avocado come off in them. <laughs> Such hipsterism. My goodness. Whew, oh my Vespa goodness. just manifested itself in my driveway. <laughs> uh, he's got a soy latte. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. And then allow playing it in many different ways. So you can play it on the website, on your phone, all that kind of thing. And then giving a sense That's of right. achievement. So whenever you Java. finish, uh, the end of, whenever you uh sort of finish a day it'll say this is your streak yeah and so you feel like you're yeah, adding totally. to your streak each time 
So that's what I believe is important for a game. And I wrote that before Wordle came out. Mm -hmm. And if I had have just finished my game, I could have been Wordle. No. <laughs> oh, what a claim. Love it. Love it. So, so The Witness, a good puzzle game. And I do have to say one other thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've been streaming it as well. Uh, I think twitch.tv slash the nerds way, not that commonly, but I was streaming the game and I was stuck on something and someone's like, they didn't spoil the game, oh, which okay, I appreciate because I hate spoilers, Bless. but they were like, I th think you've missed something really critical <laughs> and I have no idea how you got far so far through it without realizing <laughs> it. It was like, just look at all these tiles again. And I went back and looked at all the tiles yeah. like- Oh, I missed something uh, so obvious. Oh, no. Uh, so, I really like the fact that I, I assumed he was a he, but he's on Twitch, so it's probably a he. So, oh, thanks wow. to whoever that was. I really appreciate very it. Very kind. Very kind. But, yeah, that's The Witness. I will report back if there's any amazing revelations before the end. But, again, I don't want to spoil it. So, yeah, I'm sure if you download it now, you'll finish it long before I do because I'm always so busy and I'm terrible at the game. But <laughs> Jonathan Blow. Jonathan he is a great game developer. Bless. Awesome. John, now we know you are a serial botanist. You, serial botanist. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, your superhero title. Um, the serial <laughs> botanist. Actually, that's your... No, I'm not going to say that. This is a family-friendly podcast. Um, so, uh, you have a topic you wish to talk about that you've popped into our amazing spreadsheet of destiny and glory, uh, and that is hydroponics. Yes. Not to be confused with aquaponics. Uh, wait, no. Sorry. Wait, what? I've I've mixed those two up. No. Hydroponics. Wait, hang on. Let me Are you wanting aquaponics <laughs> or hydroponics? Did you mess up our glorious spreadsheet? I job? did. I messed up the We're spreadsheet. We're live, John. We can't edit this. <laughs> Nothing. Everyone's going to know we aren't actually as uh, <laughs> organized as we come across. <laughs> we definitely don't come across organized. So, uh, so John, sorry. so you, you're a serial botanist and you've put in our amazing spreadsheet <laughs> of destiny and glory that uh, you want to talk about aquaponics. <laughs> Not to be confused with hydroponics, oh, Adam. Which I you see. might know if you're in the uh, illegal uh, plant scene. The Oh, the illegal <laughs> plant scene. So oh, I see what you mean. Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> there, is there is an illegal plant scene. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like I was joking there, but there is. So, you, if you know, uh, yeah, aquaponics, you basically have water going through tubes and you have plants growing out of them and then you often have a little light that shines on the plants and it helps them to grow. Well, they've improved it. They've come up oh, with a new one. Okay. They've changed gardening. No, I'm just kidding. I they've think changed it's been gardening around forever. Yeah. Um, there's a new thing which is called aquaponics, um, yeah. which you can be forgiven for confusing it with hydroponics. I would never do such No, mate, you would never. No, you would never. You um, wouldn't put it in a spreadsheet <laughs> and then like with parentheses beside it must talk about. Adam, you, don't interrupt me. Uh, no, you didn't actually put that. You wouldn't put it in a spreadsheet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, so this idea of aquaponics, basically it takes that idea of using, uh, pumps and focusing on water and getting water on the roots and air on the roots instead of having a soil bed. Mm -hmm. So it takes all those ideas and then it makes it better. Oh. And I know you were thinking, oh, I could how could gardening get even better? That's exactly I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my machine. 
I'm on the edge of my seat. Just Adam just fractured my kneecap. Injured himself. Oh, okay. I'm sorry I'm for back. everyone listening along that uh, you weren't able to experience his oh. grimace of pain just now. But oh, I just heard my kneecap literally crack. Oh, let's see if I can get. Yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. Ouch. That sound. Are you? No, I can't do it now. That's all right. Sorry. Yeah, go on. He was recording himself click his knee. Uh, We're getting way off track. So they've made it. (laughs) (laughs) They've made it better. Yeah. So uh, this is the idea of you will have a little bed with your um, rocks and all that kind of stuff in it, the growing medium, and you put the uh, plant in there and it will put its roots through there instead of soil and you get the water on it and your food and that kind of thing. Yep. Now, ordinarily in hydroponics, you had to pour in liquid fertilizer in order to keep the plants alive. Yeah. But they've managed to sidestep that little problem because if you don't know, in the apocalypse, Bunnings will be shut. <gasps> what? No. Or if it's not shut, you probably shouldn't go there because as Adam's sort of established on the podcast before. Everyone's uh, going to go there and they're all going to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bunnings is going to be a bit of a fun experience for all involved. Fun is a strange choice of words. But anyway, um, yeah, so basically you won't be able to get that fertilizer. And there's some ways that you'll be able to create it, but it will require you to sort of let it uh, sit and ferment for a while, etc., etc. Yes. So I have a better way. Oh, you've improved. And it's a four-letter word, fish. So aquaponics, uh, basically you have a little tank of fish and as they they will nibble on the roots of your plants and then they will obviously poop out what will become fertilizer. <laughs> so you can create your own little circular system, ecosystem that feeds into itself where the fish will eat the roots and then they'll eat and then poop out and then the, the, the plants will grow even more and then it just goes on forever and it's brilliant. What are you growing in this horrifying fish poop landscape, John? <laughs> So, it sounds <laughs> horrifying, um, but you can grow vegetables, you can grow um, illegal plants, <laughs> no, you can grow all kinds of <laughs> Oh, dear. I am way too uh, of a goody two-shoes to talk about this topic. Um, but, yeah, so mostly vegetables is what I've seen and people growing tomatoes, you know, your watermelons all kinds of herbs and basil is another popular one. All those kinds of leafy greens. Mm -hmm. Kale, if you want to be super enrichment, health, wellness, lifestyle. Can you you grow cheeseburgers? Technically, no, No, because you can't grow a pig or a cow. Uh, but maybe you could have a fish burger. Challenge. Oh, okay. Radio. Fillet the fish. Yeah. Anyway. No, no. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So basically those are the kind of things that you can grow. And I love the idea because you create an ecosystem. And mm-hmm. um, like you're saying, it's a little bit gross to have fish poop water just lying around. But it's actually not that gross because the system cleans itself, right? The roots absorb all the gross material and yeah, right. uses mm-hmm. nutrients. And something else that I've seen which is related is someone had a lake in their front yard and they were like, I want to turn this lake into a swimming pool. And what you might think is put fiberglass on the bottom, suck out all the water and then mm-hmm. put chlorinated water back in. But they were like, no. And they planted a whole bunch of really, um, I, I don't know how to describe it, but like reeds and plants and all those kinds of things. And those plants in the water cleared up all the algae, all the gross, everything, and the water okay. became clear. Like, I wish I had a photo right now yeah. to show everyone. 
It's like um, if you have oysters or things like that in a waterbed because they clean water like nobody's business. There's a literal video of it, like, or maybe a comparison photo, where it's like uh, oysters will just devour the dirt and sediment and what have you and put it down. It's quite good. Um, yeah, right. Okay, so it's a sustainable form of farming almost. Yeah. And there's lots of other sustainable techniques that we'll have to employ when inevitably we- the apocalypse begins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we become a water world because of you know, the <laughs> yeah. ice caps have melted, this is going to be the only way we can do it. Oh, fun times and this. <laughs> but yeah, so that is aquaponics, not hydroponics. And that is what we're, oh, I'm taking away from this. <laughs> so, a personal friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't know why that's they funny, but yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he do- he doesn't know he's a personal friend of mine. Um, so there was a fun little video um, on YouTube recently where it was a confession from an author. Now, I is I, that the personal friend of yours? No, the no, author? the author is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I saw the uh, I caved in recently and started watching and using TikTok. I know, don't judge me. Oh, um, dare. I, and, I've done it as well. Don't worry. And I, I follow like, like Lord of the Rings stuff and Wheel of Time stuff and Game of Thrones. I'm a nerd, right? Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> and you're a what? There was a guy who like does all deep lore of um, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, and he talks about like etymology of stuff and all this. Anyway, he talks about he he puts his video up and it says, oh. And I knew it. As soon as he started talking, I was like, this is a clickbaity thing. I'm sure of it. And he's like, oh, I don't think I can ever watch, uh, listen to, or read any of Brandon Sanderson's books again. Now, Brandon Sanderson is my close personal friend. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, I don't think I can read his stuff knowing what I know now. He's recently put up a video uh, where he's confessed to some things. And I'm like, what? Okay, I know this is clickbait, but hold the phone. I need to watch what's going on here. Sure enough, he starts and he's like, ah, like this year like through COVID and everything these past two years have been really tough for me and there's been a lot of pressure put on me and he's basically building up to this confession and it's like oh I have written five additional novels what this guy is this guy yeah yeah well sorry it's four um four novels and he's like still working on the fifth type of thing um but like this is in like this is in conjunction with is Rothfuss watching Oh, don't even get me started. Is R.R. Mountain watching? Oh, you don't even get me started on him either. Goodness gracious me. I mean, how, uh, don't, no. Brandon Sanderson is the absolute epitome of glory when it comes to writing. He is an amazing author. Some people may not like all his writing, but he's a great author because he actually gets work out there. People want to read his stuff. And that is a mark of a good author. I love it. And so just out of the blue, five novels like that. Um, and he talks about, and it's quite interesting as well, because he talks about a little third of his time was taken up in travel, um, like as in traveling to conventions and things like that. So he- Is he get- like, while he's greeting people, signing things, he's like, um, and then like the wizard will fly to the other country and then he is like writing the book in his head. Well, I think he, I think he's mastered the art of typing with his toes. So when he's at <laughs> conventions, he can yes. just be like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, he's just writing a novel with his toes. I wish um, I had a third camera angle of just our feet so we could demonstrate what that that's would look a, like. That's a different part of Twitch, mate. We don't go on to that. Um, <laughs> so, 
So, um, yeah, so five additional novels just dropped out of the blue. Like, the man is a writing machine. Oh, like, wow. I'm pretty sure, and uh, he won't confirm this, but I have my suspicions being a closer personal friend of his, um, <laughs> that he has been sent back in time to revitalize authors, right? Ah. So he was saying, like, you know, it has been tough, um, like, in this period of time, but it's been good for him because it kind of, like, him writing these novellas and things like that has actually, like, awoken a lot of his passion, which makes me super excited for, like, his next books in the series I'm listening or reading to as well. Um, So, like... The next Stormlight Archive is going to be great. The next Wax and Wayne book in the Mistborn series is going to be fantastic because he's got this new revitalized sense of purpose. And that's what you want from a writer, which I think is where, you know, Rothfuss is struggling at the moment, I think, because he's just tired and people bugging him about the book. I'm not bugging. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. Um, But, you know. But it is fun to name drop him every episode. Every episode. Of this podcast, we will have Patrick Rothfuss, another close personal <laughs> friend of mine. Um, um, hey, hey, I've consumed all his works. I know his soul. Close personal friend. I love that how you said consume, consume. I have. Although that consumed. is a normal um, word. It just sounded more impressive. Um, I, I do like the fact that you call them close personal friends as well, because I was listening to a podcast with two famous people talking to each other and like, yeah, everyone assumes... Um, what is it? Everyone walks up to you and they know you because they've been watching your podcast or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. But you don't know them. Mm-hmm. And so it's this it's weird true, imbalance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of authors as well, even if they're not writing autobiographies. In fact, maybe when they're writing fiction, you actually know them more. Well, I mean, like, Rothfuss is a good example of it because he also does his blog. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you and all his live streams and all the video games he plays instead of writing um you know that type of stuff really does give you that insight into their lives and how they're feeling and everything um and one of our listeners callum has just said that his true purpose on this earth is to finish every other author series when they die and you are spot on correct he's <laughs> brendan sanderson finished if you're not aware of this brendan sanderson finished uh, the wheel of time series for robert jordan when he passed away uh, with obviously all of his notes and uh, robert jordan's wife obviously helping out as well um it was just chosen as the person to finish that series and it's probably going to happen as well with um I don't, to be fair, I don't think Brandon Sanderson would be good with um, Game of Thrones no. um, because that's very heavy political intrigue. And I just don't think Sanderson like has written that before where he's written a lot of like the high fantasy stuff. So Could he do a good Doors of Stone? No. Bearing in mind that 60% of the content is probably written. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's the, hard to do it justice. You see, the problem is, is that even Rothfuss can't. Rothfuss do it. is a terrible <laughs> author, but he is a fantastic and phenomenal writer, in my opinion. Like his use of language yeah. is beyond any other author at this moment. Um, so I think I I love the distinction that you make there between it being a a, a terrible author and a great writer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Because, like, in my opinion, like, an author is someone who is releasing content for people to read. Mm. Um, whereas a writer is writing at their own pace and doing whatever they want, essentially. An author, some might, some will argue with me, of course, on this. And you're yes. free to. Uh, like, it's a good debate to have. But I think an author, when they have built up this series as following, they have, uh, like, almost an obligation to finish it, to release content. Um, so, like I say, he's a fantastic writer, but just not a great author. Um, 
heavy stuff, right? Oh, I've, I've got a new bucket list item. What's it's that? not real, but I want to start a really great mm-hmm. fantasy novel series. Yeah. Not finish it and have Brandon Sanderson come in. Oh, and just like, interesting. Don't yeah. worry, guys. I got this. He, he'd do it, it like as well. Cracks his um, knuckles. Yeah, he'd do it. He'd do it. Um, no, what I want to do, right, is I'd love to start like a fantasy series and go for like mm. 11 books or whatever. Uh, but for the final book, I would write like six different endings and not tell everybody. And then when everyone's coming out and saying, oh, you know, well, we found the stuff, I'd say, oh, yes, I'm glad you found all seven endings and watch everybody freak out because, you know, there's a false, like, I didn't actually write a seventh one, but everyone's going to start looking for the seventh oh, ending. Oh, so there's six yeah. endings and you can never fight. The seventh one was in you all along. Mm-hmm. That does remind me, I think it was the Fight Club, depending on if you watched it in the cinema or DVD. Oh, right. Or streaming services now. It would be a different ending, which um, I can't yeah. actually remember what happened in the ending when I watched. Um, the... Uh, yeah, what was I going to say? I reckon that Brandon Sanderson might be out of a job. I mean, his real job is writing, but his second job is finishing other people's series. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are neural networks now that uh, use sort of recurrent networks and they can analyze writing by authors and continue writing it. So, I think in oh. 10 years, uh, by the time Doors of Stone is supposed to have come out, <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to just go like, and it'll finish the novel oh. with some basic plot points. That makes me a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, like, Tolkien wrote, uh, was in the process of writing a sequel to Lord of the Rings. Oh. And it was 13 pages. He only wrote 13 pages. Um, and, like, he had, like, plot notes and stuff like that, of course. But he stopped writing it because it was too depressing. Uh. So, like, it was meant to be, like, about the darkness inherent in man. Um, and he... Because it was in Aragorn's heir, um, his son. And it was just, like, he kind of just backed away from it. It's like, no, I don't, yeah, I don't do like you, this. Uh, maybe that's a good point. Like, maybe... Maybe we should leave some things alone. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Doors of Stone, and maybe if it doesn't come out, or, or The Winds of Winter. Wait, is that the that's next a, one? That's yeah. the next. There's meant to be like The Winds of Winter and A Hope of Spring. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, you're dreaming. But maybe those books, you know, if they're not written, they weren't meant to come out. And the imagination that exists in our head, we yeah. should just latch onto that. So, I... Not as a topic conversation. I just think this is an interesting one. So one of my friends recommended a series of books to me and it was about like a zombie survival um, series. Uh, yes. Um, except I got the wrong series and stuff. Oh, no. I, I listened to like three books of that. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was like um, uh, evacuate. No. Um, basically, it's a, the world is ending and the last bastion of humanity is in uh, London, in like England, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and good series. Liked it. Kind of was a bit weird at the end, like where I got up to anyways. And I'm just like, this is a bit weird. And then I went to the person. And I was like, why did you tell me to read this? Like, it's like, there's no, at the end there, like, there's no believability to the game. Like, there's special forces people. And yet there's this woman, police woman, who can literally do everything they can do. Like, special, like, they described it as the peak of the peak. And yet this woman can do everything they can do. And I'm just like, that, like, I... There's no believability there, right? Like, they shouldn't have that training. It's just a standard Canadian police officer. And she even says that herself. Oh, I'm just a Canadian police officer. Who knows? Maybe Epic plot twist coming up, maybe? maybe yeah, it could be. Like, maybe that was, um, like, a red herring. I didn't finish it off. So, who knows? Maybe on the... And, but and what did they say after you said that? He's like, 
That's the wrong series. <laughs> That's not what I recommended. Um, I, I started listening to the one he did recommend, and it was actually very good. Um, it's about it's uh, Evacuation London, and it's about basically a gentleman who... I know I have I have read it. Sorry, I'm reading the comment of the person who recommended it to me. Um, <laughs> Wait, they're watching the show right now. They are. They are. <laughs> um, and I have read it, and it's great. It's like a diary entry. Um, so kind of, kind of like World War Z um, yep. in the style of writing, but it's a just a it's a guy who is surviving the apocalypse himself. He has a broken leg at the beginning of it, um, and it's about him trying to survive. Like it's and it's. Believable. Like, he doesn't go through humongous feats of athleticism with a broken leg or forget he has a broken leg and runs a mile. No, no. That is a key pop point, and the author actually follows through on that, you know? Nice. Um, and, yeah, very good. Um, and one of my other friends is saying, finish Malazan. I finished the first three books, and I'm happy with that. I, like... Come on, like the what's that? The House of Chains is just. This is getting off topic. Um, so yeah, um, at the moment, you know what show this is, right? The yeah. topic is kind of that's true, secondary. that's true. But we'll talk about uh, Alizan Book of the Fallen in another uh, episode, I think. Um, so yeah, I think at the moment, in closing. Sanderson, you're a legend and I love you. And you're a close personal friend. Are you going to read all five? Oh, yeah, easy, yeah. Because they're in Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere. Um, so, like, uh, his yeah. connected universe. Well, well, sorry, I think three of them are, one of them isn't, and his fifth one he's still working on. So, I will, I will read all his stuff. Hands down. All righty. That is all we have time for in today's episode of Surviving the Apocalypse the Nerds Way. All of this was streamed on our Facebook page, which mm -hmm. is facebook.com slash the nerds way. Um, so if you ever are online, come chat, say hi. It's been great bantering with people. And Adam, you've got like a reading list longer than any, like all of the books I've ever read <laughs> now from your friends <laughs> recommending you stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure you'll either listen or read to all of them in no time. Yeah. Spread that, um, spread this far and wide. Spread this as fast as COVID if you could. Omicron, B, D, and C. I want them overshadowed by uh, the spreading of this. Uh, Sorry, when you say spread this, what, what are you referring to? This video. This? This oh, not, series, not a virus. Okay, not a vi no, don't spread COVID. If you have COVID, stay inside. Um, but no, uh, share it with your friends, family. If you want uh, your enemies even. You know what? That's a great curse to give them. Yeah, um, if you love this show, send it to your uh, friends and family. And if you hate the show, send it to your enemies. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they listen to they this. have to suffer through. <laughs> They'd love it. So thanks for joining us. It's been absolute pleasure. I mm. think next time what we'll do is we'll put a post up. So like in uh, uh, yes, like the um, Facebook page and we will actually the day before say, hey, we're going to record an episode today. Um, and so that way we can give you some notice, of course. And yeah, that should be great fun. And if you don't, we're going to start uh, posting a bit more regularly. But having said that, we're probably not because I'm about to have a child. So. Second child coming. And uh, my own is going to be arriving in a few weeks as well. Oh, few my weeks. goodness, so, Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So found out all that. So happy days. Looking very excited for all that. And um, uh, the name of the child is going to be quick in the podcast. Whoa, no, whoa, just whoa. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Where's no. your wife? Um, so, yeah. Great fun. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, leave a comment. Email us at um, John. This is uh, this is your part here. 
<laughs> the nerds way at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, John's on Twitter. You can find him there. Yeah. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Oh, really? No, uh, I, I got bogged down in all the nonsense in there. And I'm just like, this is a, like a pit of negativity. Draining. So I was just like, and goodbye. Um, sorry, John, your Twitter? My Twitter is, uh, just go to my website, johnok.com. Uh, but if you want our Twitter, it's twitter.com slash the nerds way underscore pod, because I still haven't been able to contact the person with the nerds <laughs> way. I sent him a message. No response. No response. Well, we'll keep trying. Um, I wish they had like a timeout feature. Like if, um, if you if you trademark if we trademarked the nerds way, which now that I've said that, someone listening is going to like trademark our, our name. We need to do it now. Do it now. Shut right now. down. <laughs> I don't think we have enough budget. We've uh, got two cents and a paperclip towards this show. That paperclip could be. A, oh, we'll trade. You know those. Tra- uh, we'll talk about. We'll add that to the spreadsheet. Uh, under ideas, John. Under trading ideas. Trading up. Trading up. Parentheses. Paperclip. And we'll talk about that next time. So thank you all for joining us and listening. Um, We hope to see you next time. And you're all glorious beings. And one day you will ascend to the reaches of Asgard itself and (laughs) conquer. You will, I was about to say you will Mount Odin, but let's not go there. I think this is the end. I'm getting smash mouth. Enjoy your evening, day or morning. And I'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 